Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and in this episode of Unruffled, I'm going to be responding to a parent who asked about a child's possessiveness. Now for the question. Dear Janet, lately my wife Emily and I have been struggling with how to maintain a wry approach when our 2.5-year-old protests our six-month-old playing with or even touching anything that's not explicitly designated for him. Whenever Austin, the baby, touches, say, the wall or the kitchen table or the basket of clothespins, his brother Sawyer yells, No, that's Sawyer's wall! Or, Austin's too little to play with that. We strive to stay unruffled and acknowledge that he doesn't want Austin to touch those things and also let him know that the wall or table or whatever it is is for the whole family and that Austin is indeed old enough to play with clothespins. They're the plastic non-pinching sort. Sawyer usually accepts this with chagrin, but in another few moments, it's a new protest over a new item. Sometimes when Sawyer discovers Austin touching something, he'll run over and attempt to pull Austin away physically, his lips pursed with aggression. We intervene as quickly as possible and restrain Sawyer, saying, I won't let you hurt Austin. We've drawn a line for Sawyer's own toys, acknowledging that they are indeed his and that he has a reasonable expectation that Austin not touch them if he doesn't want him to. When Austin begins to roll eagerly toward one of his toys, we coach Sawyer through moving the toy out of Austin's reach or taking it to his play space. We've partitioned off Sawyer's play space so that he has his own refuge from his brother. But we don't want to have to allocate every single toy as for one boy or the other. And nor can we readily abide Sawyer's continuing expectation of Austin's less than equal role in the family. But more than anything, we don't want to set Sawyer up to resent his brother. Any advice you can offer would be great. Thank you, Joel and Emily. Wow, so these parents are being extremely respectful, sensitive. They have a lot of empathy. I laud these parents. They're doing a remarkable job. And I love that they are being so considerate of this situation. So here's what I would say. When Sawyer says these things, I would keep in mind something that I guess could probably be the title for my podcast if I wanted to change the title, Trust the Feelings. What I'm hearing here is something that I experience with toddlers in my classes, in my parent-toddler classes. I hear a lot about this from parents I consult with. And this is, by the way, the reason that I choose questions. I choose them because... There's something I'm hearing about from other sources, messages in social media, parents that I work with in consultations or in my classes. I realize that these are common concerns. And so I always, especially, you know, I kind of love that he, I do love that he doesn't want him to touch the wall or the table. That makes it so clear. That makes it so clear that this is totally beyond reason. It doesn't make sense. These are feelings that he's expressing about this situation, which is he has a baby brother and this guy came and took over his whole life and changed it with his parents and moved him a little bit out of being the center of the family. And that's very scary and painful. So he, he 
doesn't really want him to be here <laughs> in those moments. Don't touch the wall. That's my wall. This was my whole house. These are my parents. This is my everything. And here's this guy wanting to touch things. This happens in classes with other children. If children have a baby at home that the parent has added to the family, then it's very likely that I'm going to suddenly see this change in their behavior, that they become possessive. They say mine. They want everything everybody else has. Do they really want those things? I don't think so. I think they want to express, I'm feeling unhappy. I'm wanting to control things. I've lost all control of what I knew, my life, the way it was. This can also happen just for developmental reasons when children are toddler age and other children come to their house and they don't want those children to touch everything. They aren't being mean, selfish brats. They are experiencing a feeling of being out of control of something that they're used to having control over. Their home, their toys. Now somebody else is here and I'm losing control. And if we recognize how quickly and completely toddlers are developing, in these first three years, children develop more than they do in all the rest of their years of life put together. So this is a time when we want to hold on to something. Everything's changing. And this is without even having a new baby in the family. Their life feels, ah, you know, I want to hold on to things. I need anchors. And that's why they need us to be an anchor. They also need to have a predictable routine, not too much stimulation, not the new class every day. They like what we might consider boring, predictable routine days. Why? Because there's something they can hold on to. So my point is there are a lot of reasons that children feel like this. So rather than judging them as we might want to in those moments or trying to talk to them about what's reasonable. No, this is not your toy. This is the wall that holds up our house. And um, I can definitely understand the urge to try to explain those things, but that's not really what's going on here. What's going on is the child just wants to say, I want this. This is mine. I own all these things. I want to have all these things. So to help the child feel comfortable and satisfied and healed expressing these feelings, all we have to do is actually what this parent does, which is acknowledge that he doesn't want Austin to touch those things. So that's perfect. That's all we need to do. We don't need to do the rest of this, which is also let him know that the wall or table or whatever is for the whole family. And that Austin is indeed old enough to play with the clothespins. Again, this is most of our tendency as parents to try to explain. And if we could just convince him and reason with him, he'll see what a silly thing that is to say. But it's silly because, because it is an impulsive, emotional thing to say. So just stick with that. And then be ready for if he now decides he's going to push his brother away from that wall. Or take his hand off the wall or do something else physical, we're ready. So as we're saying, you don't want him to touch the wall. We're ready to calmly intervene if we need to. And then if he tries to do something physical with his brother because he doesn't want him to touch the wall, that's when we say, you really don't want him to touch the wall. I can't let you move his hand. I'm not going to let you stop him. I hear you. You really don't like him touching this wall. 
that's it. That's all we have to do. And the other benefit of this, not only does our child get to express what they need to express to us and have us accept it in a non-judgmental, totally accepting way, the way that they really feel heard and understood, not only that, but we also don't wind ourselves up because if we're trying to reason with somebody about unreasonable things, we are going to wind ourselves up. We're wasting a lot of energy there, frustrating ourselves, and it's not going to get us anywhere. And that's what I love also about this experience that Joel and Emily shared. They got to see that it doesn't help because what did Sawyer do? Well, he usually accepts this with chagrin, but in another few moments, it's a new protest over a new item. Well, yay, <laughs> that, it makes it so clear. I just, I love children this age because they are so clear. They're very uncomplicated. He just needed to express it. So if I can't express it with you here and you're not getting it and you're not hearing me, now I have to do something else. You're not letting me express it. And the more, again, the more unreasonable these comments are, the more we can feel certain that they are using this as self-therapy. And that's what children do. They don't know consciously, I need to tell my parents that I don't like this guy in my house, but that's what their unconscious is telling them to do. And you may have heard or read somewhere that when toddlers say mine, mine means I want it, I like it, I need it, I feel like having it, I don't want him to have it. It doesn't mean that my parents bought this at the store for me. <laughs> they aren't thinking of it that way. They are saying it to express something in the moment, not say what's true factually, <laughs> but express something. So continuing with the details from this note, sometimes when Sawyer discovers Austin touching something, he'll run over and attempt to pull Austin away physically, his lips pursed with aggression. There's that guy getting into my stuff and he's taking over my house. He's taking over my parents. I want to control this guy, which is also the reason children want to take all the toys away from the baby. It makes a lot of sense. This guy ripped my life away. Maybe I could keep him under my thumb somehow. Maybe I can control everything he does and then I'll feel better about him. When children feel this, this will flare up at different times for each child. It is a grieving process, and like the way we grieve, it has its own life, its own process. So, for example, we might go to the funeral for our friend or our family member, and we're not even crying. We don't, should we be crying? What's wrong? I'm not, I don't feel sad right now. But then some random thing happens. We see something, we hear something, and suddenly we're bawling. This is how children grieve this loss, this change in their life of there being a new baby. It comes when it comes. That's why I encourage parents not to judge their children in these situations. They're grieving. They need our help to not do wrong things. But let the little stuff go by. Let the little taking, certainly let the, I don't want him touching the wall stuff. We can let that go by. So when he's running over there, yeah, I would try to get over there. I don't know that I would run unless it was really an emergency. I would try to have a calm response of, you know, just walking over there at a nice brisk pace. Try not to run unless it's an emergency because 
running telegraphs, you're doing something really terrible here, even if we don't mean that. The tone that's helpful to create is a more calm, safe tone. You could just see, yeah, I don't want you to touch him that way. That's a little too hard. So if there's just a little bit of something going on, if it's not hitting, if he's just you know, maybe touching his hand a little roughly, then I probably wouldn't even say, I won't let you hurt him at that point. I would say, that's a bit too much. And I'd have my hand there. That's a bit too much. I see you don't want him touching that at all. You're not liking him touching that. I'm going to keep you from touching too hard. Yeah, that's that's a bit too hard. I'm going to need to stop you there. Yeah, you didn't like that. You didn't want him to do that. And then if they really need to be separated because Sawyer keeps going back and he can't stop himself and he's just in a rage or lost in his <laughs> impulse, then yeah, separate. But whenever possible, do something smaller, do less, because that gives the message that we're not freaked out by his behavior. Now this parent says, we've drawn a line for Sawyer's own toys, acknowledging that they're indeed his and that he has a reasonable expectation that Austin not touch them. Yeah, so that's good to do. Um, I think I would more just say, if you want to keep these things away from him, here's a way to, to do that. Maybe making less of a big deal about these things are yours and these things aren't yours. And again, because that's, that's the logical in this situation. And that's not what this is about. And that will help with the rest of this note, which is we don't want to have to allocate every single toy as for one boy or the other, and nor can we readily abide Sawyer's continuing expectation of Austin's less than equal role in the family. Right. It feels like there you're veering a little bit into trying to keep things equal at this point. And the truth is with children, everything isn't equal. I really love how this is expressed in Siblings Without Rivalry. That's such a wonderful book that I kept on my bedside table for years. One of the things it says is that everything isn't equal with siblings, but everybody gets what they need. So if you need 10 peas, Sawyer, and Austin only needs two peas, that's how it's going to be. It's not, well, you got this many, so he has to have this many. I've found this to very much resonate and be true and helpful. Austin was born into a very different situation with all the excitement and bonuses of having a sibling. But there's also some, I don't know, I guess negatives to that or some things that are there's less of, which is less time alone to be the one with all the toys, uh, maybe less one-on-one -on -one time. But the trade-off is this amazing day-to-day -day social experience with somebody else. And yes, this also helps us because this makes up for a lot less work for us in terms of this is yours and this is yours and constantly being the police or the referee in there and getting in there, really trusting a lot more that they can figure these things out a lot of the time. I mean, if something is nonstop, he just keeps taking every toy away from him, then I would say something light, <laughs> a little tip, and maybe stop him. You know, you've taken a couple things. Let's let him keep that one. So not in a judgmental way, but we're still on both of your sides and we're just coaching both of you to navigate this relationship. And that is the way that we get this wish that Joel and Emily have, that I certainly had, 
I believe all parents have, we don't want to set Sawyer up to resent his brother. This is the way to do that. We understand you've got these impulses. We understand they're emotional, not reasonable. We're going to stop you when you get too out there with them. We're on both of your sides. That's how we give our children the opportunity to really develop a mutually respectful relationship and help our older child to not resent a sibling or resent us or feel that we don't understand and that his feelings are wrong and that he needs to correct them. <laughs> we can't. We can't correct our feelings. They're just there. We just have them. They don't make sense. And again, I often see these situations with not just siblings, but with children with each other saying mine. And as parents, we want to say, well, no, that's actually not yours. And we want to make sure they have this right. But what's more important is to trust them to just express the feeling, the momentary feeling. I'm holding that. I don't want them to hold that. That's all they're saying. It's similar to saying share to a very young child. They don't really know exactly what that means with friends. So trust the feelings. Know that most of these awkward behaviors are impulses, not thoughts that they can understand not to do if we just talk to them about it. And the more out there the behavior is, the more we can trust. So helping our children feel safe with all their feelings. That's all we have to do. I hope this is helpful. And again, there's a lot more information about these ideas in my books, No Bad Kids, and Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. So thanks again. We can do this.